Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, RV, boat, motorcycle, whatever, maybe bundles. They'll do everything they can to save you money. And make sure you're fully insured. They are the pros, pros, the best in the business when it comes to insurance. Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Sunbury Motors Studio on this Monday. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Giancarlo Stan with a clutch. No. Oh, sorry. Bryce Harper with a clutch hit. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. Yes. And it is gone. Yes. yes. It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. He's one win, and in this case, one swing perhaps from the World Series. Couldn't pitch. Harper hits one in the air. Left center field. Back it goes. Harper, the swing of his life. Scott Fransky with his usual brilliance. The guy screaming yes was Larry Anderson. Um, thought it added a lot. Um, just kidding. Uh, and uh, and a Joe Davis on Fox with a quieter John Smoltz. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't play the... I mean, you played all those judge highlights all year. I thought you were going to play the ground out. No. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Okay. Guess we're off that wagon, huh? That's why you get Bryce Harper. That's why you do. Moments like that. What a moment in Philadelphia. To the World Series they go, and guess what? May not be the favorites, but who cares? You got a shot. There are 28 other teams that don't have a shot. You do. All right, let's bring in Nate Power on 3.com, Blue White Illustrated. Always a pleasure, sir. Welcome aboard. Steve, I'm just trying to keep up with you. you know? <laughs> I went to transition school. <laughs> How do you make that transition from one to the next? There we I, go. I love it. I, I can't do it. We, we, we got the podcast now and the, right, and the cold open. I can't, I can't do that. It's horrible. Oh, all it takes is repetition. You'll be great. Um, so, when you watched the third quarter on Saturday night, what ran through your mind and what notes did you take watching how Penn State played the third quarter Saturday night? Yeah, um, you know, if you th- well, certainly it was it was a carryover, right? The, the second quarter was the happened at the floodgates, mm-hmm. right? Minnesota's defense could not – they didn't have any answers, um, you know, for really for what Penn State was doing. And, and uh, 
you know, I guess by the middle of the third quarter, it became clear uh, that the answers that didn't exist in the the first half were not coming to them. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. There was no. There was no solution. Halftime adjustment uh, for Minnesota to make, and so I saw a Penn State team that look. We've been talking about it all year, right? Uh, explosive pass plays have not happened for this Penn State offense, mm-hmm. and Saturday they did. So, you know, you, you, uh, the stat I pulled was, I believe going into the game, Penn State had five explosive play passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And granted, one was a busted play on Saturday night, but they had four on Saturday night. So that, you know, that, that was a, a major step that I thought, um, you know, against an admittedly kind of hobbled, um, you know, Minnesota team, but but Penn State took it. They they needed to take that step, and they did. But not hobble on defense. Um, no, I mean that was that's 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 their defense. That's their guys. Uh, yeah, and, and having I, not faced anybody, right, 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 exactly. And that that goes now to uh, another element. Sorry, Marin in the middle is a terrific run down linebacker what did getting the tight ends do not just to open things up but get him off balance because pass uh covering the pass is not his strong suit as as i have come to understand look i'm a novice out here right uh, i'm just no, I, I let the i let the pros do what they do but the game is putting linebackers in conflict right it, it's that 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 is what these offensive coordinators are trying to do is generally speaking defenders but where you bludgeon people is by getting linebackers on their heels so that they aren't making quick decisions they're not reading uh they're not just filling gaps and making plays and so yeah they Penn State you know went to the linebacker excuse me to the tight ends often and found the middle of the field it it, it was you know, it, it's kind of tough because you 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 listen to James Franklin and he says afterward he insists and and I believe him when he says this that it it wasn't as though it was a massive point of emphasis saying you know what whatever Minnesota does we're going to pound this square peg into a round hole mm-hmm. regardless right. it wasn't that it was what Minnesota wasn't able to do. And and so that's what you know. Obviously, Mike Yurcich and, and Penn State credit to them uh, for being able to to recognize that and take advantage of it. Well, Micah Shrewsbury is a great example of it because Micah Shrewsbury will sit down at the tape and you know and he'll go through with his team. When he's done with the tape, I said, you know, he, I mean, I asked him one time. I said, how can, you know, what are you looking for when you're picking out matchups that you want to exploit? And he said, Steve, it just jumps out to you. Yeah. And he's right. Yeah, I mean, there's certain guys you look at and go, I mean, I mean even I'll watch a tape with, with my novice eyes and go, okay, can't defend. Uh, you know, <laughs> and it was it was, and it was was the same thing with this. You watch the Minnesota tape. People are, and part of this is a product of their schedule, but Minnesota only given up. Everybody's talked about the 66% that they converted on third down. Yep. Well, they'd only given up 22% on third down all year, and Penn State was yep. 5 of 11. Oh, by the way, it was five of its first nine when the game was a game. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's all, all of the things that Penn State couldn't do at Michigan, Penn State needed to be able to do against Minnesota. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was 
it was not the, you're not talking about the same quality of opponent but you are talking about the same plan the, right the, the same dna of what those programs want to do to you on both sides of the ball uh right and so and so there there was a little bit of needing to exercise some demons i think for penn state and and you know those areas that they came up short in they they right get into third and short situations and unlike michigan convert them yeah. right, right. They, they were able to do that on saturday yeah. night uh and and on the other side of the ball uh i you know i was able to talk to adisa isaac after the game yeah. this isn't rocket science they're just trying to get you into third and long yeah, that's all, that's all Penn State's trying to do. Yep. They're, they're trying to bottle you up on first and second down. They did that against an outstanding running back, uh, but they, but they were able to keep him in check. He wasn't able to to rip off uh, any fifty yard runs, and so you know by keeping him to two three yards of carry on first and second down, the, look that was a Minnesota quarterback that just wasn't he wasn't equipped to be able no. to handle that against Penn State secondary uh, in third and long situations and they were in third and long situations all night long right. thanks in large part to five false start penalties right. four of which were four of which happened on third down right exactly um, so one of the other elements that's important in this and it's this is difficult to do very difficult especially in today's culture because you live it. <laughs> and that is you have to somehow channel out any outside noise. Because the one thing you don't want to do in any situation is overreact and panic. Yep. Now, <laughs> you have to sit there and you have to read all, you know, whatever it is you're reading. I'll get te- I'll get Ron Moeller will text me and say, "Hey, this is all." And I go, "Really? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's all." The mole man's kind of like my link to whatever you're doing. Uh, <laughs> I'll read your articles. Um, you know, you, Sean, Ryan. I'll read the articles. Uh, Greg, uh, T. Frank. Did I get the whole staff? I think I did. That's that's the crew right there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I mean, I'll read the articles because you guys are terrific writers, do a great job. Um, but. Uh, but when it comes to the comments section, with all oh. due respect, no. Uh, so what is it like on your end having to, because you have to react, I'm sure, to some of this along the way, yeah, pro, pro and con. I'm sure that's part of the deal. Yeah. Uh, especially when it comes to the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you know, the first three series, okay, I got it. But he yep. threw for 295 and four touchdowns after that. Sort of pretty good. I mean, a lot of people, I think, would live with that. Yeah, I, you know, look, I, I am, I, I'm not a hot take guy. You know this, I right? Know. I know. Penn State fans at Beaver Stadium booed Sean Clifford when he was introduced in the pregame warmups okay. as the starting quarterback. I refer to it on the broadcast as a mixed reaction. So it's. Uh, Okay, but not, I don't. I, but the, you couldn't okay. miss it. You couldn't miss it. Yeah. Was it was it a, a avalanche? No, but enough that you noticed it. And more important to me, Penn State players noticed it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm going to preach for a second here, and stop me if I I should. But it's embarrassing. Penn State fans who who behaved that way before the game starts should be embarrassed 
for doing that, right? Uh, one, the kid is is a great kid. He deserves better than that on it's the merits alone. But <laughs> this is your home team, right? Uh, I, I um, it, it is a weird vibe. Like I'm, I'm looking at this from thirty thousand feet, and it is a weird vibe for Penn State football right now. I get that there are some some fans uh, frustrated. It, look, the last two years are inescapable. Okay, you, you, it's all understood, and Sean Clifford's role in some of those results is understood. I, I get where that's coming from. I know. Well, no, I understand. I, you know, I, you know, I mean, every time he throws a ball, like for example, he's run a screen, and the screen's pulling up, and he throws it into the dirt. Everybody thinks it's his fault instead of saying it's a, really a smart play. <laughs> like, right. He throws it in the dirt. Yes, because it's covered. <laughs> he's, he's he's a he's a flawed quarterback. It's fine. He's but he's not he's not some abject failure. Who it is like I I people's perceptions at this point are so far removed from reality that it's it's difficult to to sit there and. Digest, right? Because I don't have a rooting interest in this. I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting there watching right. it, and sure. I'm saying, "Hey, how how do you not see what is being said and what is is out there right now?" Right? Which is very simply, everyone understands that Drew Allar is going to be great. He's going to have a great career. Drew is. He's not. Drew there is a. Quite Drew, yet. Drew is He's a fabulous. Drew is a fabulous prospect. I mean, I get the, I get the privilege of seeing it every day. He is a fabulous prospect. Bo Perbula is a really good prospect too. I mean, I never want to yep. leave him out of it. You know, so I I understand like the shiny object is very shiny. <laughs> okay, I got very it. shiny. But it's very shiny. But and I, uh, I I didn't mean to cut you off. Please continue. No, well, no. I mean, I'm I'm I'm. Echoing the same sentiment, it is there. It, 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 Mike Yersich talked about it last week. Uh, he had a, a interview with with the media on mm-hmm. Thursday, yep. and, and it's it, it's not all that complicated. They have more answers for what defenses are going to do to them with Sean Clifford, just based on his experience alone. And you might be able to recognize. I can recognize it. Everyone can recognize that physically. Drew Lar has more physical talent. It's it's it, right. That's not up for debate. He's he's got a bigger arm. He right it, the way he passes the ball. All of those things. It's fine. It's it's it will be great for him in the future. And that future is coming very very soon. Mm-hmm. But right now yeah. today, Penn State is making an informed choice as a coaching staff as to who they believe gives them the best opportunity to win right now. And guess what? Saturday night, they won to improve to 6-1. and one. Again, I understand the frustration of losing to Michigan. It's fine. People that are, like, I mean, the, the amount of sentiment of people who believe it's not even worth showing up on Saturday. I just I fundamentally reject that. <laughs> like as college football programs, even two touchdown favorites lose games sometimes. <laughs> and so that like to me, this is a compelling week of football. This is this is going to be a great 
game on Saturday. There, there's every reason to believe uh, that that it will be a competitive game. Uh, and so I, I just it, it's a it's a strange place to be where you see six and one, uh, a team that yes they they stubbed their toe. They had a really bad game, did not play well out at Michigan, but they've got an opportunity Saturday to do something special, to do something that sets up these crazy possibilities that zero people, I keep hammering this home, zero people, including myself, projected Penn State to win 10 games, let alone 11 games this season. If they lose or win on Saturday, they still have every chance in the world as a football program to have an excellent season by Penn State standards. Right, and so we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see what happens, but it's just it's just very um, it, it's very confounding seeing you know that that frustration and disgruntledness kind of bubbling over, uh, and and in my opinion, being taken out on people who who really don't deserve any of that frustration. Well, as a person, Sean doesn't deserve it. Right? As a person, he doesn't. Uh, I will say this. When the coaches sit down in, in in the conference room, I remember when Penn State started two walk-on linebackers one year, Ben Fatty and Williams, okay? And they started the season with them, and, pe- and people are complaining. I can't believe it. Hey, do you think they sit down in a conference room and they say, you know what, let's start these two guys. You know, I think it'll make the yeah. game more competitive. What do you think? Yeah. Right? Yep. Or do you think they're making decisions like, okay, those are the best guys we have. I think we need to play them. I mean, yeah. like, what decision do you think is being, you know, I'd like to play the game with one arm tied behind my back. Let's give it a shot. See how it goes. You know, I think it'll be a lot more fun for everybody, including the fans. What do you think? Show yeah. of hands. Show of hands. Everybody in favor. I think that's great. Great idea. Let's do it. Yep. I said, or they sit down and say, what gives us the best chance to win based on who we have? The the, <laughs> the the storyline. I always love the that. Line of, the line of thinking that I uh, just adore right now mm-hmm. is that James Franklin is incredibly stubborn. He, he's just the most stubborn guy in the world. Refuses to get out of the way, right, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we're to also believe that because of the booing in the first quarter. He, he didn't double down. He was willing to, right? Like, all of the bad plays were called by James Franklin on Saturday, and all of the good plays were called by Mike Yurtsich. It's hmm. like, what what are we doing here, folks? It's a kind of a, what, what is happening? never really thought of it that way, Nate. I, I, I never really <laughs> ran through my mind as I was watching it. You know, I was like, all right, Jack, good news. All the James plays are out of the way. Yep. <laughs> like, I never really thought. I never, these are things that we don't think of up there. It's like, you, no. You should feel fortunate to not be in that world in the middle of a game. <laughs> Um, what do you think? What do I think was this? I mean, so in other words, the same coach that said, you know what, I think Nicholas Singleton's the best option to start a tailback as a freshman. The same coach who said, yeah, you know, Manning, you're right, let's go with Abdul Carter at linebacker this week mm-hmm. as a freshman. That stubborn mm-hmm. coach? Yep. Okay, I just want to make sure we get the same stubborn coach here. I just, you know. <laughs> it's just. Some of it just defies. I think it would be more entertaining if we start these guys. Let's do that. (laughs) What do you think? I think it would just be a lot more fun. 
Maybe it'd be more exciting for the fans. Closer game. What do you think? <laughs> there are there are very <laughs> front and center things that you can you can identify and point out, and the data backs it up. Reasons to be critical of James Franklin, right? Like it's it's there. It, you you can have that conversation and say he hasn't been able in the past couple of years to get the program over the top uh, quarterback development roster maintenance mm-hmm. there there these are real things that you can actually have a, a, a pretty good dialogue about and say oh well you know maybe this hasn't been good enough maybe maybe this isn't where it needs to be uh but but some of this other it's just like fabricating it fabricating reasons to be upset when there's there's actual things that you could criticize and have a pretty good point about it's and just, and and uh, believe me, and these are things that he goes over in his own mind over and over again, because he's always taught. He's always talking to me about best practices. Got to be better here. Got to be better. He talks to me about this all the time. So you know, sometimes you know, guys in that spot, sometimes like their biggest critic is them. Of course, <laughs> right? Because of course. because he's trying to be the best he can be. And he's always trying to figure out how can I be better? How can we be better? How can we, hey, that's his job all the time? He's always trying to like I'm perfect. Everybody else no, right? No, that's not how he goes about it. He's very, you know, maybe maybe because people don't get a chance to talk to him like that. Like he's always looking. Okay, all the time. What's best practice on everything? Including maybe how he approaches things, or something, you know, or something he needed to change. Whatever. I mean, he's always looking at himself. People don't realize that. Always. Um, always. Because and, that's, and that's the kind of guy and leader he is. Huh? Very much so. Yeah. And whether he has the answers all the right. time or not, it, you know, look, it, it just kind of is what it is. Um, but it's just, it's just, like I said, it is. It's a weird vibe right now and i get some of the frustrations <laughs> that penn state I fans have i, I, I get it. some of it but it it's not uh it's just you know look part part of me wants to say hey enjoy this yeah. enjoy this six, yeah. six and one is is like pretty good by penn state standards yeah. you've been doing this Clark. for a long time and there have been plenty of penn state seasons especially within the past 20 years I, where they aren't six and one well, you know right? what? Every team gets to write its own book. All right? Every team gets no to doubt. write its own chapters. Right? You just can't sit there, well, they did this last year. Well, I don't care. <laughs> what does that matter? Okay. Every, you know. Got to let you go. I've eaten up too much of your time. Thank you so much. I got to I gotta write a uh, a little a little hoops update. Yes, yeah, tomorrow's media day, as a matter of fact. It's coming. So, you know, Ma- yeah, Jai and Mahaffey and all those guys, you know, they're uh-huh. nice additions to this team. Uh-huh. Cam Winter. Cam Winter. Funk. Funk, uh, you know, corner pocket three, baby. There you uh, go. So, yeah. Uh, I like I like the preseasons look good to me, and I know they just had a double secret probation uh, scrimmage mm-hmm. over the weekend. That's why I was referred to that like nobody can know. And like you sit there and go like everybody knows how what happened. Yeah. <laughs> He's like hey. and by the way, performed very well. All right, so <laughs> we weren't supposed to say that? Okay. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. You bet. Always. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. See you. All right. Nate Bauer on 3.com, Blue White Illustrated. You, sir, are my hero. Well, words.
words they didn't say after the ground out the first from the guy that hit 62. I think they booed him in the playoffs, didn't they? Not to my knowledge. But then again, I was half paying attention on Saturday. and uh... No, I said in the playoffs they booed him. I think it was the Cleveland series. Yeah. Oh, that series, yeah. Not yeah. this series, but yeah, last series they did. I think they, I think they booed him. Um, yeah. Yep. San Francisco, here we come. All right. Uh, what? No? We'll see, I guess. Rumors have it. There's a lot of rumors. They bought 49ers season tickets. No? Bad? Right? No. We'll come back with more in a moment. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. The weather is getting cooler and the leaves are changing in Central PA. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. If your current agent is falling short, it's time to give Purdy Insurance a call. We're a local, family owned, independent agency ready to find the right insurance to fit your needs. You can call us at 570 286 5855. Stop in our office on Market Street in Sunbury or head to our website at purdyinsurance.com to find out what we can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. Boat, motorcycle, RV, and even though the suit doesn't own one, he's still got yacht insurance. He scares the heck out of me. I don't know. Have you noticed in the staff meetings he kind of circles a fogged-in airport? Have you noticed that? When he comes he, in late, too. Oh, for goodness sakes. Yeah, because late, I mean, really. Okay, we're all the planets. He's the sun. I got it. Uh, Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com, the best in the business. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Almost Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. One quick note before we get to Dave. Through 50 games, the Phillies were 21 and 29. That ties for the fourth worst record through 50 games of a team that won the pennant. Here are the others. The 2003 Florida Marlins were 21 and 29. The 2005 Astros were 18 and 32. The 2019 Nationals were 19 and 31. The 1914 Boston Braves were 20 and 30. The Nationals, Braves, who my grandfather loved in 1914, he did, and the Marlins all won the World Series. Thought I'd pass that along to you Philly fans. By the way, who was the victim of the Marlins in 2003? I'm trying to remember. Who the heck who was that? Do you remember? Oh, the Yankees. Oh, it's been your century. I, I've all tried right, to so, block that from my mind. We'll just leave well, it at yeah, that. You pretty much have blocked out every year of this century except for one. All right, so let's get to Dave Giacchini. Let's get to like people who like actually win games over the weekend. The heck with your Yankees. Dave, congratulations on this one. A lot of grit in this one for you guys. Congratulations. 
Thank you very much, Steve. Yeah, it was a very, very physical four-quarter just war. Uh, it was a uh, war of attrition and a war of nerves, and uh, it, it had a little bit of everything. And, and uh, I'm just really, really proud of how our team handled everything and, and, and really w- was able to overcome a lot of adversity, especially in that fourth quarter. Yeah, in the fourth quarter. So let's get to one of the keys. You bust your backside, you knock that sucker in, and you are a point away from a tie. One of the more deflating things that can happen to any team is to have the extra point blocked. It's just, it's deflating. And then you come back with the onside kick. Take us through the onside kick, because it it involved a review as well. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, we were in a situation, we scored, uh, we were down 16-17, so we went for the extra point. We thought about maybe going for two, but there was still uh, two minutes to go in the game, about two minutes and five seconds, so we decided, hey, too much time, even if we did score the two-point conversion. Uh, so we went for one, uh, knowing that Lehigh would have a chance to, to, uh, to respond with so much time left on the clock. Um, the kick got blocked. It was not the kicker or the, the holder or the long snapper's fault. It was uh, our protection, the guy just not blocking the proper gap. Uh, so we knew we had to go for the onside. Um, Ryan Schatzel, our, our sophomore kicker, really has done an incredible job of just practicing these onsides and trying to get the right hop at the right time. And we practice it each and every week. And so our uh, obvious onsides unit goes out, and you know it is a textbook execution and perfectly timed uh, uh, where Robinson, our, our cornerback, who's, who's one of our faster guys on the team, hits uh, perfectly timed uh, as the ball uh, leaves the kicker's foot. He's crossing the line of scrimmage, and th- that ball, of course, is live only until it goes 10 yards. And exactly when it got to 10 yards and was about a foot away from landing into the arms of the uh, Lehigh player, he's able to reach out a hand and deflect it uh, away from the Lehigh player, and then it bounces around, and uh, he's able to fall on it. So not only did he get the deflection, but Robinson recovered uh, the uh, the ball as well. So it was a, a very, very close. They had to review it to make sure that we didn't touch the ball before it went for 10 yards, uh, but it was just a textbook execution of an onside kick. Which then, but now you got now there's got to be a payoff to it, and so you know, what kind of job did your offense do to make sure you got in position because you were this close to actually knocking it in for six anyway? Yeah, yeah, no. So we get the ball back and and we've got great field position. Uh, you know, we've got to go about 48 yards uh, for a touchdown and. And uh, but we also want to burn some clock as well. First, we've got to make sure we can get into field uh, goal position. And, and uh, Nick Septenfelter, who had been kind of battered and, and beaten, they were, like I said, it was a very physical game. Uh, he'd taken a couple of tremendous uh, hits, but uh, uh, two key plays were really a uh, great job uh, by him. One was a, a design quarterback draw. Uh, we caught them in man coverage, and uh, he was able to, to score it loose right in the middle and, and run down the field to get us into field goal range uh, to put the ball in about the 25-yard line. And the second was we'd run a lot of wide receiver screens uh, in the game. It was a key third down uh, and long situation where we faked the wide receiver screen and, and Nick pumped to the right side, and they were in man coverage, and they jumped the screen. And we had our tight end open down the sideline, and he put a perfect ball uh, that was able to get up and down uh, right before the safety got over to make the play. And, and uh, freshman uh, Chuck Kreinbucker uh, made a great catch there. So we had the ball first and goal on the three. Uh, again, with time that we actually wanted to burn, we didn't want to score. Yeah. 
uh, we, we knew we had fixed our, our field goal protection, so we still had faith in, in kicking a field goal, but we wanted to use as much time as possible, and we were able to get the, the clock down to 20 seconds before we went out, and, and uh, uh, the, the field goal went off flawlessly and, and just left Lehigh with 18 seconds to respond. Beautiful. And not only that, but the protection was right, too. And that's the you, know, no, you talked about the protection, and so now, you know, you always want your guys to make up a firm mistake and learn from a mistake. Sounds like they learned from a mistake right at the point you needed it. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, the the, the other thing that that I I think was really key, the reason we were able to win that game with a field goal was as the kick got blocked, and you see this happen, gosh, shooting in high school, and I don't think a week goes by without seeing somebody screw up what happens when a kick gets blocked. Well, in college football, when you block an extra point and it's behind the line of scrimmage, the opposing team can pick it up and run for a two-point conversion. And we had to cover yes. that block kick. And, and fortunately, our freshman kicker and our wing mm-hmm. was able to track down and tackle the Lehigh uh, player before, uh, right about when he got to midfield and, and had we not done that, we would have we would allowed him to return it for two. That field goal that we kicked would have just sent it to overtime. It wouldn't have been the, the difference in the game. Yeah, No question. That's, that's another part you always have to remember. In that yeah. locker room, what was it like in the locker room? Because after all the hard work, they got success. Yeah, it, it was pretty phenomenal. Uh, just it, it was so great for our players to be rewarded. You know, we we played so hard and had so many tough, close contests where we kept getting better, but we couldn't make the critical play at the right time, and and we'd lost, you know, an overtime thriller by missing an extra point at the beginning of the season against Towson. So there was just this kind of hallelujah moment that you know not only did we you know make the play at the right time, but you know, we came back from adversity. You know, it looked like we were, you know, we were losing the game again, but we just didn't quit. Our kid, our kids kept fighting, and we got another opportunity, and we we earned it, and we and and uh, you know, we did it by just not giving up. You know, not giving into the the, the moment that you know it's so easy to fall into that trap about here we go again. You know, this is where we choke. This is where we don't make the play that we need, the critical down, uh, the critical uh, play, and, and we were able to come through, and, and it happened a couple of times in the game, you know, even at the very end when, when Lehigh had a last gasp, uh, you know, uh, play in the, in, the, in the game, we were able to, to, to uh, stop uh, Lehigh and get them out of bounds with not enough time. The, the clock uh, showed zero, and just everybody, every unit, our offense, our defense, and our special teams uh, stepped up huge, you know, in the last two minutes of that football game uh, to make up for mistakes, and it was great to see. And against a rival, no less, in Lehigh, there's a lot between the two. But now you got to come home, which is great. You're going to be home at Christie. you got Colgate coming in this week. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, well, first of all, it's it's kind of weird to be home. You know, we've played seven football <laughs> games. We've been five times on the road. So it, it seems a little foreign to, to, to be back at home. But the three of our last four are at home. Uh, and so we're excited about that. Colgate is a tough football team. Uh, we've had uh, a great competition. Our last two games with them have been really, really thrilling football games. Uh, I expect them to come in and be very, very tough. They've got a great rushing attack, a quarterback that uh, typically runs for more yards in a game than he throws for in a game. Uh, so it's going to be another very physical contest uh, against a team that plays good defense, ball control offense. Uh, and uh, you know, hopefully, our 
players can have another great week of practice. You know, we came out of the Lehigh game as physical as it was. We came out fairly healthy, which was great to see. Uh, so we've got some momentum, and, and uh, if our guys can continue to practice with – uh, the level of concentration and effort and enthusiasm that they did last week prepping for Lehigh. Uh, hopefully we can pull out a victory here uh, on Saturday back at home. Great things start with one. You got one. Now you'll make it two. Congratulations, yep. Dave, on the win to you and your team. Thank you for your time today. Congrats. All right, no problem, Steve. Great talking with you. Yeah, and it, really great for Dave and the entire group. Um, yeah. Great win for them. All right. We'll take a break. Um, is it true that Boone gave uh, Judge the bunt sign? No, I'm just kidding. Didn't they take – didn't they Didn't they boo him in the game? I'm just asking. <laughs> Not giving Judge the bunt sign was probably the one thing that he did right this entire postseason. He speaks highly of you. <laughs> no God! No God! No God! The worst thing that you can do when you're in any leadership position, as I mentioned, I talked about this last week, but it fits this week as well. Okay? And and that is, you don't panic. I felt like after game one, and even to a point with game two, I felt like he panicked. He kept changing. He'd make all these changes, like moving guys around. Like, oh, what are we doing here? I mean, honest to goodness, he acted like a guy that did not know what to do. And he had to take your guy Nestor out yesterday, um, who evidently was hurt. Um Something about unimpressive x-rays. Don't know what that means. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so they take him out. Like, he made pitching moves early in game. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, to Wandy that early? Like, I, I get it. He's been solid. But, like, you need him later in the game. You were up. You were still had a lead at that point. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I know we're in this analytics era, and look, I'm all for any information you can get. I'm all for it, as you know. I've said a thousand times, you know, you always have to preface, I mean, give me all the info. At some point, you got to you coach or manage the game, which means you got to, you know, if analytics fit, use it. If they don't fit, you got to think about time, score, situation, things like that. So I'm watching the, the Dolphins-Steelers game last night. So the Dolphins drive down. Boom, they got a third down and three. They give it to Mostert, get stuffed. So my thought is, okay, run out the field goal team, make it a two-score game because your defense is playing great, and now you're going to put the Steelers behind the eight ball where they need two scores to win. He goes for it. I'm looking around like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? It's fourth and three. It's not fourth and three inches. It's fourth and three. Like, what are you doing? You have a chance to make it a two-score game against the team that you are that you are controlling, and now you're going to put exponentially more pressure on them and their rookie quarterback in the game. No, 
and he runs the same play, he ran on third down, and just like on third down, he got stuffed. So now he has now brilliantly brought losing into the equation. Right? Now they get to the fourth quarter. The Steelers are out of timeouts. If you run the football on third down, you might get the first down for one thing. Right? But at the very least, the clock is going to stop at two minutes and... Right? Okay? And they're they're out of timeouts. They have no timeouts. No, throws the football. Play caller. Throw the we throw the ball here. No, run the ball. No, threw it incomplete. Clock stops. Now you punt on the on the punt. Fair catch. Clock stops. Right. Two minute warning. Clock stops because of what he did. He put two more clock stoppages in there before the two minute warning that were not going to be there. Like, what are we doing here? And he gets away with it because he won the game. He won the game because the Steelers can't move the ball. But you're telling me that this is the error? Oh, no, that's aggressive play. Aggressive? I want smart. Holy mackerel. I'm watching this last night. I'm thinking, oh, golly. I mean, there are no points scored in the second half. I mean, whatever they gave Tarico and Collinsworth, they earned every dime. Yikes. I mean, what's next? Drawing a team off size and jumping up and down? Oh, wait, the Eagles guy does that. Okay. First coach ever to do it. All right. We did it. Like, okay, a lot of people do that. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers did that every single time, I mean, it would be. Now, you can quietly pump your fist good. We got him. Because it was great. But not like that. Come on. Get into the game. Right? you got to be thinking ahead here. What's going on? Okay. That's just me. You may, be, you may all disagree with me. But I look at this stuff and I go, time score situation. I can make it a two-score game with my Pro Bowl kicker. No. Can't make it that easy. All right. We'll take a break. Matt's just trying to somehow get through the show without talking about the Yankees. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Mm. Out of auto repair.